Welcome back to our seventh annual Nice Projects Presentations event. Sarah E., will you, will you read the quote from Sula? Do you have that handy? I do. Uh, is it okay if someone else reads it? Just so That's I fine. Uh, yeah, I, just, I don't want to because I'm reading next for the presentation, so I didn't want to. Oh, okay, well, we'll read it, no problem. I didn't want to read too, you know, too much all at once. Okay. Too much of my voice. <laughs> so this is from Sula by Toni Morrison, published in 1973. During lovemaking, she found and needed to find the cutting edge. When she left off cooperating with her body and began to assert herself in the act, particles of strength gathered in her like steel shavings drawn to a spacious magnetic, magnetic center forming a tight cluster that nothing, it seemed, could break. And there was utmost irony and outrage in lying under someone in a position of surrender, feeling her own abiding strength and limitless power. But the cluster did break, fall apart. And in her panic to hold it together, she leaped from the edge into soundlessness and went down howling, howling in a stinging awareness of the endings of things. An eye of sorrow in the midst of all that hurricane rage of joy. There, in the center of that silence, was not eternity, but the death of time, and a loneliness so profound, the word itself had no meaning. For loneliness assumed the absence of other people, and the solitude she found in that desperate terrain had never admitted the possibility of other people. She wept then, tears for the deaths of littlest things, the castaway shoes of children, broken stems of marsh grass battered and drowned by the sea, prom photographs of dead women she never knew, wedding rings and pawn shop windows, the tiny bodies of Cornish hens in a nest of rice. Gosh, that's just such a great passage. Mm -hmm. oh, Toni Morrison. Mm -hmm. So, um... I'm going to uh, present my poem and vintage photo collage. <laughs> um, and this is kind of a transitional piece because it actually was inspired both by Sula and the yellow wallpaper. So I wanted to be the first Sula presentation since we just came from the yellow wallpaper. And um, you can't really tell because of the we're not zoomed in. I didn't really give a zoom in of this, but this photo collage that I put together, I then took a photo of that collage and manipulated it uh, to to so that each of those photos in there have a watercolor effect. So it was a little more vague. It looks very clear in I, I take good photos because I have a good camera, but in close up, you know, it's a, it's a more of a watercolor effect. So um, my poem is called, Who Are These Strangers? She turns the pages, her fingers sliding across each one, leaning in, peering at the frozen faces as if she could connect or understand by gazing into their eyes, thinking, these are old school images thick stained sepia selections or black and whites faded by centuries of grayed time laid out like gravestones across a vellum landscape. That couple 
dressed in something ethnic or maybe what used to be called fancy dress. And those young ladies, all smiles, in gowns made for weddings and balls, and then young men, posing perhaps for their first business portraits, wondering, did they venture off in evenings to dance until their feet numbed, or were these shadowy images taken by professional photographers? She remembers one in her small town, memorializing certain occasions. Her fingers touch a background chair here, a table there, and a wisp of sense memory takes away her breath. The smell of her mother's pungent furniture polish infuses her soul. Dreaming, to be these girls, waiting for these boys, knowing their night is young, they'll be carried by the music, twirling in each other's arms under crystal chandeliers. She smiles softly, humming a tune from long ago. Then a young lady walks in. She's a pretty girl, all smiles. So she asks, who are these strangers? And the pretty girl's heart breaks as she kisses her grandmother's cheek, saying, they're you, Grandma. They're you and Grandpa. So that um, poem was inspired by these photos and by the phrase in Sula about the prom photos of dead women. I don't know who these people are. They're strangers to me in real life. I, I, you know, just got a collection of old photos and made a collage. I have no idea who those people are. But I was also inspired by the yellow wallpaper, which deals with madness in a way. And dementia and Alzheimer's can feel like madness. And I was thinking about someone who might be looking at a photo album and not realize that they're looking at photos of themselves in their lifetime. And I got really sad. And so I wrote this poem, <laughs> which is kind of depressing. But that that's what that was all about, the poem and the and the photo collage. That's very powerful. I love the turn at the end of the poem. Yeah, well, maybe it was obvious coming, but I don't know. I I uh and don't you just love those that couple in the center? They do look like they're wearing some kind of fancy outfit, but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that idea came out of our oh, workshop. Yeah, our workshop, though, because we talked in the workshop and I mentioned something like, wouldn't it be fun to make a collage of old photos, you know? And so then I, what I did is I went on eBay and I found a collection of old photos and bought them and <laughs> made my collage. I have no idea who those people are. So I've stolen their souls anyway. <laughs> okay, so, all right, moving on. Next up, we have a wonderful poem by Deborah Peterson, Ode to a Wedding Ring in the Pawn Shop Window. Well, actually, it's a, it's a, like a little narrative. It's a. That's true. It is. You're right. It's a, it's not, and, it's and not a And the poem. notes that I wrote about it are, are I got to get under the light here. Um, the poem had gone through many transformations, and I ended up with the conversational version uh, between me and the story of the ring. It's uh, from the quote at the very end of the, of the Sula piece that you chose. It prompted me to examine my own life with every question I asked of it and wondered about. I feel I became encircled by it. As you already know, I love the playfulness of punctuation. I use it whenever I can. So at the very end of it, you see at the last line, there's like a, a slash. Um, um, so the slash at the end serves a better purpose than including ellipses uh, to tell that there is more to come 
there is a reflection in the window, one side and the other, but mirror in its essence. And there you were, sets the stage that this ring and its story came into my life unexpectedly and with open arms. So that's my backstory of this piece called Ode to a Wedding Ring in the Pawn Shop Window. And there you were. I wasn't really looking for you, for your shimmer, for your blatant silence. Maybe you're seeking me. What is it you need to say? What story do you need to tell? You are the symbol of the universal yes, the infinite shape of vows, the holder of dreams. What was her life like whose finger you adorned? Are you here because she had to sell you to feed her babies? Or because she passed on and no one else was left in the family to receive you? Or because the promises were broken? I bet you encircled a life and became the daily reminder of choices made, memories created, tears shed, laughter flowing into the distant air. I bet you had seen it all and wondered, why her? Why now? I bet you were her pride and joy and showed you off in company. I bet you felt as she had felt in those warm embraces and meals prepared. What was she like? How did she live? What did she enjoy? Where all did she take you? How long did you grow together? Was a mere moment or an infinity? I glanced down at my own symbol of promises and hope the story it has to tell shares my joy-filled life with welcomed trials and growth and peace and love. I will wonder about that woman who shared her life with you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I will wonder if there is yet another finger where you will live and sing your song. Thank yay, 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 yay. Very nice. Thank you. I love how you honed I, in on that very specific phrase. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I love it that it's, you know, you're talking to this inanimate object as though it is alive. I just love that. <laughs> okay. Ah, Melinda, it is time for your blackout poem, Celestial Bodies. Do you want us to screen share? The image? If you could, that'd be great. Okay. Absolutely. I am on All it. Right. Sarah E is the master of screen sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So celestial bodies. During the making, her body began in particles. A spacious nothing. Her strength and power. Together, soundlessness in awareness of things. The center of eternity, of time and meaning. The absence of terrain. The possibility of other castaway, broken women. 
Wow, Ooh, I like that. That's really good. I love that. You really got the essence of Toni Morrison in mm -hmm. there, but it's your own voice, and it's beautiful. And it's visually really stunning. There's something really cool about the visual of it as well. Thank you. It was very intimidating. Um, I was definitely drawn to the uh, passage. I'm a huge Toni Morrison fan. I'm, I love The Bluest Eyes, my, one of my favorite books yeah. of all time. So when I first saw the prompt, I was very intimidated. I was like, what could I possibly add to Toni Morrison, one of my favorite authors? And I was like, well, what if I, what can I take away? Yeah, I think and we, I think we all feel that way. <laughs> you know, I, you know, that was, that was a tough approach for all of us, I think. But I totally respect that, you know, you said that because we, you've said what we all felt. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to riff on Toni Morrison. What? <laughs> you know, but you successfully did that. And, and I, you know, I, I will say, I think all of, all of you guys have done that so far. So yay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, really good. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna. I might play around with blackout. I don't know if I don't know if I can do that though. That that intimidates me. I'm I'm really impressed by that. Oh, it's so much fun. You should give it a go. You gotta really. It, it, I bet it forces you to really select your word choices. Yes. Every absolutely. single word, you know. So, which yeah, is, is a good exercise for a poet for sure. This is a perfect marriage of form to the passage because yeah. the particles and spacious nothing fit that form so well. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the, the soundlessness in awareness of things. I love the words and the, the way you put them together. I love your poem. It's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So next up we have Castaway, which is a photograph and a prose poem by Mairead Lewis, and I'm going to read this one. Is that okay if I read with this mm -hmm. one, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Let's put the photo up first, and then I'll, and as I read. Once long ago, those two boys, they rolled across an old and worn plaid, plaid blanket spread out beneath Daddy-O's apple tree, and cool autumn breezes blew across their rosy cheeks and loose golden curls, whilst Mamio hummed and sang sweet lullabies, all the while knitting yet another little pair of warm sweaters, twin sweaters for brothers as close as twins. And those two, they rolled and toddled together hand in hand, and their laughter bubbled up and out of their little souls in a lilting harmony like St. Bridget's well, waters tumbling over steep paths and old stone stairs, and the resting places of ancient kings and queens, and somehow then off-kicked shoes lay cast away because in the blink of an eye and barefoot they took off together chubby legs churning first steps tilting through rough grasses that tickled and made them laugh even more toddling hand in hand until Dadio and Mamio swept them up in the safety of forever loving embraces plopping them back down on the plaid blanket for tea and their shoes lay cast away nearby very and good. There's an author's note that Dadio is Irish colloquial for grandfather and Mamio is Irish colloquial for grandmother. So I, if you want to share the uh, actual prose poem, I'm not sure I did it justice reading it, and everybody might want to read it for a minute themselves. I don't know if you, know, you want to do that. I'm working on it now. There you go.
I tried to read it like all just one long, you know, like William Faulkner. No, there's there's a couple commas in there, but it just keeps going. And I'm probably not the best choice fighting pneumonia to try to do that. But it's very it's very flowy if you read it in your head. I I didn't really do it justice, but I could sure see those little little boys though. I love kind of the bittersweetness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something there's something in it that kind of you know it, it got sad and then it was sweet again when they had their tea. But there it, it it was a journey of sorts. I you know I wish I knew more about what she was putting into it, but I got the impression that this was a, a you know a really deep piece in a lot of ways, and and yet it was really relatable, I thought. I mean, it's, it seemed very personal, I mean, but I also felt like it was very relatable, so yay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. I think we're ready for Lost by Deborah Peterson. Oh, uh. okay. Thank you. And my notes about this is, in Lost, I chose those words and phrases for the cadence, mostly. I wanted a simpler language and simpler words to relay the conversations and thinking of a young girl in the process of becoming with her friend on a hot, humid, sunny day. This poem grew out of my memories that were poked when I started reading Sutha, imagining my own childhood friend and those special bonds that came from our playtime, our sweaty times, our dreaming times, just as I imagined Sula had and Nell experienced, even though I refrained from throwing anyone in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good, a good choice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, it's like when I was reading this part of the book and, and, and I too, Melinda, am a, a Toni Morrison junkie. I, you know, just can't get enough. And, you know, I'm envious that I was, I don't have anywhere near her gift with words but when we were going through, when we were, when I was reading the part about them just playing, you know, and then there was the incident with the boy that was unfortunate, but there was just, you know, I just kept going back to my childhood friend and, and how, and I just imagined Nell and Sula barefoot and, you know, just like the picture we just saw the, the shoes cast to the side. That would be where Kathy and I left our shoes, you know, somewhere, somewhere. And then we took forever have to try to find them again, you know, <laughs> it's just. You know, just the growing up and the becoming and what came with that. So lost is what, kind of what came out of that whole uh, uh, re revisiting that moment. Lost. I had lost that dream. That dream that first appeared in the bulbous clouds that summer. As we lay in the cool, cool grass, my long hair wrapped around my sweaty neck and sticking to my sweaty arms. You and I laying there, seeing the figures of dragons and maps of foreign lands there in those clouds that dared to bring the dream. You were going to be a nurse. I was going to travel far and wee and round again as a writer and tell stories and be the conduit. It has been years since those grass-stained days and Many verbs have passed, many clouds have floated by unnoticed and unnamed. There are days it does not rain, but the tears for the lost dream. 
I have to unmute. That was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. oh. Did she become a nurse? That's what I have to ask. He did, as a matter she of did? fact. She did? Okay, okay. Yes, I had, I had to ask. She's one of the head nurses at the burn unit at St. Joe Hospital in Fort Wayne. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? Wow. Fabulous. Wonderful. Yeah, that poem speaks mm -hmm. to me. And sometimes that we, we don't always have what we envision yeah. when we're kids. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that those grass-stained days, especially <laughs> having just um, read Mairead's piece where grass is in there too. I think that's so cool that, um, you know, isn't it funny how uh, sometimes things just strike us all in a universal way? And Toni Morrison certainly has, uh, as we all agree, a way with words, most beautiful writing, I mean, her it's prose, but my gosh, it's so poetic. And I have to say, I think that um, we all did a really good job <laughs> trying to honor her. And I think um, for the Yellow Wallpaper and Wrinkle in Time and Tarzan, I think we all, all these submissions are so, um, they're really thought provoking and they really show that everybody took our project and ran with it. And that just means the world. Like Sarah E said in her introduction, this is our seventh year choosing four books a year and, you know, just trying to encourage people to look at those books again if you haven't read them since high school or something, you know, and and see where they hit you now in your life. And, and it was funny in our workshops, you know, uh, oftentimes over the years, we do have people who've read certain of our books before and then they read them again with the project in mind and whole new things come out and that happens for us too that's why we love books so much because every time i read a book i've read a hundred times 101 times whole new book for me you know i get something else out of it so definitely yeah but ladies thank you you know we can't we can't say farewell and adieu unless you have been thanked because you guys just bring this to a whole new level and it just, oh. you know, it's, 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 a, it's like candy store. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> thank you I for saying that. It sparks and I love that it takes me back in the past and I like, and I love that it takes me into the future and I love that it just takes me inside and outside and, and thank you. What you do is phenomenal. Oh, you're I, so sweet. I honor you both. Oh, well, I have to say that, you know, one of the reasons that we always enjoy your participation, Deborah, is because you do one of the things that Sarah E and I always hope people do, and that is to find a personal connection with the books or the passages and bring that connection alive. And um, Melinda, I feel like you've done that. I know mm -hmm. Sarah E and I have tried to do that. I feel like B Ro uh, Z Rose and B Monet and, and my son John uh, did that. I feel like that has become a very important part of our project. It's not just about creating inspired new creative pieces based on, you know, how we feel when we read these books and stuff. There's, there's, there's a exchange. It's like we're collaborating, you know, with these authors from time long ago, you know, and it's, it's really fun. And we love this project. We're going to keep doing it, you know, so watch out for next year's four books, right? Um, Sarah E., should we ask if there's any, I don't want to say 
uh, criticism, critique, you know, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you'd like to see more of or different or anything like that. If you guys have anything you would like to give us, uh, we seriously love feedback to improve the project every year. Um, you know, we just kind of do our thing, but we certainly like to have uh, input what that thing should be, you know, or should I, include. I know that Deborah, that you said you had to run right at eight. So if you don't have time to answer it right now, you can email us. I'd like to be able to think about that yep. too. Yeah. Okay. And, and Mel Melinda, you can yell at us right now or email us later. We don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda, it was wonderful to meet you. I hope our paths can cross again. Please. It was nice to meet you as well. Yes. Thank you so much for participating and for joining us tonight as one of our special guests. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you for hosting and uh, having this project. I really had a fun time with it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yay. Hey. <laughs> All right. Very well. well, ladies, I have to bug off to another That's Zoom fine. meeting. Okay. Love bye. You Love <laughs> bye. You. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye Deborah. Bye, Melinda. Bye. bye. This has been At the Roundtable with Alice and Sarah E. of Community Education Arts. Our nonprofit organization is based in Noblesville, Indiana. You can find us online at cearts.org. We'd like to thank James Weston for writing our intro music and for his technical savvy. Join us next time at, at the Roundtable. Table.